Hello and uh, good afternoon. My name is Nico Heller and this is Reboot 2030, a Democracy School podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, the context for today's uh, dialogue is the international environment. And what we are looking at is, is how international cooperation um, between governments um, has developed or changed uh, over the last few years um, uh, with the pandemic first and now, of course, with the uh, the war um, in Ukraine. Um, I guess the backdrop to this is, is that we believe international cooperation is more important than ever before. Um, climate change, public health, proliferation of weapons of mass destruction and so forth. There's plenty, uh, plenty of topics that cannot be solved by a single government. And yet we are now at a period of retrenchment, of withdrawal, uh, of putting up uh, barriers, putting up walls. Um, and that that can really, in the medium to long term, only be a bad thing. Now, my guest today is John Bunsell. Uh, John is an international businessman, so he knows uh, the international environment uh, from a business perspective. Uh, and he's also an activist and the founder of Simpol. Um, he founded Simpol, the international, sorry, the uh, simultaneous policy organization in 2000 uh, and has been developing it uh, with great energy and vision ever since. Uh, now, what Simpol actually is and what it does, John will explain to us in a moment, but let me just say that it was born at a time when globalization ruled supreme and there was a strong belief that international cooperation uh, was the way forward. Multilateralism uh, was at its height, uh, was seen as a good thing by most players. Um, and so in many ways, the idea of a, an organization that supports international cooperation um, was a sort of a child of its time and was very timely. Um, the situation has changed, so it's a good time to look at how uh, how how an organization like Simple, um, how they make sense of this uh, new environment and, you know, what kind of opportunities and challenges they see going forward. I can see that uh, John has arrived, so I will invite him in. John, good to see you. Hi, Nico. How are you doing? <laughs> Not too bad. I can see you have moved your computer to another spot in the house. <laughs> For a change. <laughs> <laughs> Things change, don't they? They, they never, they never start still. Um, excellent. How are you doing? Good. Not too bad. I've got a bit of a cough, I'm afraid, <clears throat> but I hope it won't uh, disturb us too much. I can hear you well, and I think it's this time of the year where people have coughs. So um, join the club. <laughs> yeah, right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. John, I just said a very few words about you, that you are, have a background in international business, and so you know the international environment from a competitive uh, point of view, and that you founded Simple, the uh, Simultaneous Policy Organization in 2000. Um, of course, back then when you founded it, um, the world looked very different. Um, and in some ways, Simple was a sort of a child of its time. Globalization ruled supreme, and most people would have seen international cooperation as the way forward. Multilateralism was kind of the established rule, um, and, uh, and we sort of saw or had seen sort of divisions melt away. Um, Russia had moved closer, China had moved closer, India had moved closer, and it looked for a while as if we we're all going to be one happy big family. 
now, of course, that was not to last, and uh, and we're now looking <laughs> at a very different world. Um, so before we go into what that means for somebody like Simpol, who's very much built on the premise of international cooperation, let's sort of start from the beginning uh, for the viewers who don't know what Simpol actually is. So tell me, first of all, why, you know, why is it needed? What does it do? What is its purpose? Um, and how, in your view, will it revolutionize, if you like, uh, the way governments cooperate, especially on, on issues that have a direct impact on their competitiveness? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> well, basically, the, the, uh, the basic premise of Simpol is that the, the global problems that we think are the problem, like climate change, nuclear weapons, wealth inequality, all of these, all of these global issues <clears throat> that we think are the problem, are not the real underlying problem. Uh, because what is stopping governments from actually tackling these issues substantively is that any government that moves first to cut its emissions or to cut its weapons or to do the right thing will give itself an economic or military competitive disadvantage. So there is a first mover disadvantage problem. And it is that that is under, underlies the why governments are not acting adequately on any of these issues that we care about. So the idea of, of simultaneous policy, or SIMPOL for short, is that we drive governments to act on these issues simultaneously. Uh, if sufficient, all or sufficient nations act together simultaneously, nobody need lose out, nobody's competitiveness would suffer, Business, businesses would have nowhere to run to avoid the regulations and so forth. <clears throat> and uh, so there are, there are really sort of three main planks to Simpol. The first is simultaneous implementation, as I've just outlined. The second is that it would encompass what I call a multi-issue policy framework. That means that any SIMPOL would be a series of simultaneously implemented agreements, but each of those agreements would contain multiple issues. Why? Because if you take any single issue like carbon emissions, there will always be some nations that win, others that lose, and of course the losers then have no incentive to cooperate, and you know, you know, it's not surprising that we're not getting anywhere. What are we on COP 25, 20, 30? So I don't know where we are anymore. How many, you know? So, so the idea with Simpol is that we combine two or more complementary issues together. So, for example, just very uh, crudely expressed, you might have a, a, a global wealth tax or a global currency transactions tax simultaneously implemented alongside a climate agreement so that the proceeds from the tax can be used to compensate the big losers on the climate part of the agreement. I know it's easier said than done and it's much more complex, but it seems to me that unless we have this sort of multi-issue approach, we're never ever going to get anywhere. And the final <clears throat> aspect of Simpol is that it's unique in that citizens can actually use their votes, or at least those citizens in democratic countries can use their votes to drive politicians of all parties towards signing up to this. And the, the way that, well, the way we do that is simply by <coughs> joining the Simpol campaign, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> which is free of charge. And basically that means that you agree to give strong preference 
at all future national elections to politicians or you know, candidates or parties who have signed the pledge to implement Simpol. <clears throat> and so that, that doesn't mean you have to vote for a candidate that signs up to Simpol, but it's telling all candidates that you as a citizen is going to give strong preference to those that have. And so this creates a very strong com competition between politicians because if they, if they sign up, they, they have the chance of gaining the votes of Simpol supporters. Um, if they fail to sign up, but their competitor signed up, they could lose out, right? So it's, it's putting a very powerful incentive. And through this process, we've already managed to get over 100 UK members of parliament from all the political parties to sign up. We've got, I don't know, about 30 or so in Germany, about 15, 20 in, in Ireland, one in France, and, and a handful in other countries as well. So obviously there's a long way to go. And then the idea is that having got things going in democratic countries, you know, the non-democratic countries who also of course need solutions to global problems could voluntarily join the process. So that's, that's it in principle, but as you say, the world has changed. <laughs> so um, let's, just, let's just go, so you have these three pillars. One is that policy has to be made simultaneously. One is that there has to be multi-issues so that there's an opportunity for trade-offs and for horse trading, essentially. And the third is, is that there has to be some pressure from the kind of electorate, uh, to, or pressure or support, I mean, whatever way you want to uh, articulate. Yeah, electoral pressure. Backing, yeah. backing from the people who back yeah. the politicians, who back the uh, the campaign. So uh, so these are the three elements. Now, what jumps out at me is, is that um, in, in practice, in, in, in my sort of limited experience of sort of high-level negotiation, it's always multi-issue. Uh, because, of course, uh, you know, if, if, if you invite me for a discussion and say, well, I, I know what you want to talk to me about, but I'm going to say, well, I'm only going to go to talk to John if I have an issue in my bag as well. And at that point, we're going to say, well, okay, if you give me this, I'll give you that. And I think this kind of horse trading happens all the time. Now, well, um, of course, what you're kind of saying... Hang on, well, it, well, it does happen in, in normal diplomacy. You're quite right. Um, I mean, there was some. There was a YouTube international relations series called I know, International Relations 101, and, and one of the one of the one of the first videos is issue linkage. Okay, it's exactly as you describe. So why is it that in climate negotiations we're just talking about one issue, which effectively is carbon emissions? You know, it, it just it doesn't make any sense. So, so it seems to me that. The, the, the standard playbook, which, as you say, is, is in a sense, normal. And as a businessman, <laughs> I know, of course, you, you know, you're absolutely right. Why is it that on, on global issues like climate, we are trying to do it with just one issue? It, it's, I, it's, I think I think there's a bit of um, th th there's a bit of strategy going on here. I mean, for example, take the uh, the, 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 the recent uh, COP27 uh, conference of uh, parties in Egypt. Uh, where they were kind of wrestling for days and days and days to see how they're going to compensate developing countries for the loss and the damage they suffer as a result of climate change. And the Southern Hemisphere, broadly speaking, was very adamant. They wanted to have a separate institution, a separate organization, which is now becoming the loss and damage fund. Northern Hemisphere organization said, well, why? We've got the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, we've, we've got institutions, we can reform them, we can basically, but of course, these existing institutions are heavily dominated 
um, by by those very countries that fund them, I sort of Northern Hemisphere countries, Europe, North okay. America, and uh, and there's very little representation of the countries that will receive the funding. So of course you can see the power struggle that was going on between Absolutely. the haves and the have-nots, and between you know who who decides what. Uh, and of course this was going on for days and days and days behind closed doors, uh, and in the end you know, they decided to, to create a loss and damage fund. Now, what I'm sort of sort of speculating is, is that a lot of backroom deals went on along the way. Now, um, of course, the problem is, is you and I don't know what these deals are, you know, so we don't actually know whether these deals then involve drilling, you know, for oil in the Congo, <laughs> which would be counterintuitive and counterproductive, given that it's a climate deal. We don't know. So there's a lot of backroom things. So I think one of the things that you are, um, approach does, and this is very much, if you like, in the spirit of democracy, of course, uh, is it brings transparency to this. You know, whether we have or have not in the past had a bargaining environment, which I believe we did, what we did not have is any transparency and any accountability within that context. So the yeah. only thing we did is we were highlighting the one issue and drawing all the media attention to that one issue and all the side dealing that was going on, some of which might have been quite destructive, went uncommented and, and, and reported. So I think this is a really interesting way of saying, well, let's just make it official. You know, let let's make the the, the kind of the the, the the sort of the multi-issue environment public. Um, well, yes, but it, but I think it's it's more than that because you you know you, you what you can be sure about, I think Nico, fairly sure, is that this fund, administered by the World Bank or by the IMF or whoever, it won't be being uh, necessarily doled out to developing countries free of interest. You know, there will be some strings attached. And what we can also be sure is that this money is not coming from any new resources. And, and that's why there's such a fight about it. If there were a global wealth tax or a global currency transactions tax, we would have additional resources. So, you know, my, my point is, is that really you know, we're squabbling about a sort of very small slice of the pie because we're not enlarging that that resource, you know, that, that revenue pie through the kind of global taxes that we really ought to have. That's right. That That's right. And of course, that but as you said, but as, sorry, as, as you say, it would also be more transparent, which I think is also absolutely right. Yes, be. absolutely. And, and the point you've just made, which is, of course, entirely true. I mean, when you I mean, the UN is notoriously underfunded. I mean, I don't know how many years in membership the US, for example, is behind, uh, you know. Um, and, and if you look at certain branches within the UN, like the refugee uh, 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 UNHCR, um, they are massively underfunded. When you look at the various kind of uh, UN initiatives, they're begging for funding because they're not getting up to the funding level that they should be having. So just because there's going to be a loss and damage fund and just because countries have pledged some funding doesn't actually mean that that funding will ever arrive, certainly not at the level that it was pledged. But of course, all of these issues that we're discussing now, they really become much more transparent once you are making it a, a very transparent multi-issue debate so that the trade-offs are clear, the costs and benefits are clear to all involved. And of course, you have got this additional really interesting 
twist uh, in, 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 in your concept. Uh, and that is the kind of the politician's role um, in sponsoring it. What that well, means yeah. is, is now you actually have champions of the deal and they can, a bit like what they should do as politicians anyway, go back to their constituents and report on how these things are going uh, and whether they are going well. Well, it's, it's even more than that, Nick, uh, Nico, because <clears throat> as uh, as the, the support for Simpol grows and that voting block of Simpol citizens grow, we can actually dictate, or we could dictate the policies, uh, you know, that the, the, the politicians have to implement. Because if if they don't, well, they, they risk not getting our vote and losing losing their seats, you know, so it goes even beyond that. Um, or potentially it could. Um, so yes, I think the sort of citizen electoral pressure is vital because without that, you know, any failure in international negotiations, the politician comes back to his home country and says, well, we, we failed, but because we were protecting the national interest, you know, there's always the, this excuse. And usually there's a probably a competitive disadvantage problem behind it. So with Sempol, we would be just completely uh, cutting through all of that bullshit, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, it, it's intuitive. And um, and you were sort of saying earlier that you only have got, you know, so many politicians, parliamentarians bagging it so far. Well, I mean, you could turn this round and you could say you've actually been quite successful by attracting this level of support, uh, you know, and, uh, at this point. And I do think, um, I mean, my, my, my intuitive sense is, is that, like most things, is it take a proportional representation in, in, in the UK. Uh, it's an abstract thing and you can't win an election on it because it's an abstract thing. And, and you know, Lib Dem has tried it for many years and whenever they kind of make it, nobody really, I mean, people do care, but you place that next to the NHS or to any other kind of real issue, and it fades in insignificance. And I think you have a bit of that problem as well, that it yeah. is really a, a structural innovation and structure is not something that really inspires people uh, in, in a big way, generally no. speaking. No, so my, you're my... absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Nika, that is our problem. But I think it's, you know, simple is a, is a kind, is the kind of, it's almost like a lifeboat you know, nobody's interested in it until the ship is really going down, you know, so we are up against that problem. Um, but, I, you know, I, but we keep going simply because, you know, there is no other better solution that I've ever come across. Um, so, so sort of dismal as the hopes appear, we still keep going. I mean, there's, I, there's... Can, I just, can I just add one other thing, actually, Nick, I've talked about citizen pressure. But also, to be fair, many of the politicians are have signed up with very little citizen pressure, because they they when they see the the logic of it, um, you know they say yeah this is this makes sense I'll sign up you know so I think there's a you know we, we shouldn't underestimate the kind of common sense appeal of of Simpol. It's not just all about electoral pressure. It's about common sense actually. Oh, absolutely. But that does bring me back to uh, uh, proportional representation. You ask people yeah. in the UK, a lot of people see the common sense in it. Some don't, but a lot do. Um, and, and of course, it, it doesn't really kind of win you voted in an election. Uh, so there, there is a real kind of conundrum here. And I think yeah. it's, it's kind of comparable. But 
Um, so, and there's another problem, and I, I, I totally, I, well, I sense that as, as a real problem. So for me, you, you gave the, the lifeboat analogy. Now, I could say, well, actually that ship is sinking and that ship is called planet Earth and the storm is called climate change and it's sinking. And so here are the lifeboats. Um, and, you know, so one, of course, strategic choice would be to say, let's attach or let's run with a specific issue and see whether that kind of brings to life the potential uh, and what it can do. So rather than trying to be all things to all people, which it actually is, and that's its power, of course, uh, let's for just to basically get through that kind of initial kind of uh, sort of like, you know, proof of concept phase. And uh, let's jump onto like a, an issue that is on many people's minds. Um, and, uh, you know, when nobody has a solution, for example, you know, climate change, and let's see whether we can make it like with a limited kind of example, with a limited kind of pilot, whether we can make it work there. And if that works, then of course we can evaluate that and, and that can be a stepping stone to, uh, but of course, one thing that we are doing with that, we're kind of giving it a color, don't we? We're kind of in a way saying, oh, well, these are the kind of, you know, the climate people. Um, <laughs> and then if you then want to go to another group of, you know, nations who have got their different problems and are maybe a bit kind of critical of the climate thing, they may feel excluded or may no longer be interested because it's sort of so closely associated with the climate. But of course, I think that is a problem that you have to square. You know, you, if it's, it's it, you know, which example do you pick? Uh, which kind of initial case do you pick um, to, to exclude the minimum number of, kind of people, if you like, but have the maximum impact? My, my sense is that climate would be a good one because you can make that case in so many different ways. Um, and, and really, I mean, from a kind of a purely scientific perspective, it seems difficult to see how we can have a future without actually squaring that circle. You know, there, there, there seems to be a real set of issues that we really have to get our head around. So maybe climate would be, would be a way of doing this. Right, sorry, I've just taken myself off mute. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think if we, you know, having a pilot issue would be um, the best way to demonstrate Simpol's effectiveness and, and uh, viability. Um, the, the problem we generally have, Nico, is that sadly, um, the, the very people that one would expect to be supporting Simpol, the, the you know, activists, uh, whether it's um, Extinction Rebellion or whether it's Friends of the Earth, Greenpeace, mm -hmm. uh, don't tend to resonate with Simpol, um, because I think, uh, and, and over the years, we've tried many times to approach them, but what we find is, is that they, they, they seem to have a mindset which is very much, well, we just need to shout loud enough, we just need to protest long enough, and then the government will do what we want. And what Simpol is saying is, look, you know, it, it's not that governments don't want to act, it's that they can't act unilaterally because of the competition problem. And, but that's an argument that the, the NGOs just don't want to hear, the activists, they, they don't want to hear it, because they don't, they, they think it's like a moral issue, you know. Um, <clears throat> and um, so, unfortunately, in many respects, you know, you say we've been quite successful with politicians. I think that's the reason is because the politicians understand better that, you know, the, the global competition problem. The, the activists who really ought to be supporting Simpol don't understand it at all because they're not business people. They but you see, this is this is interesting because you're a businessman yourself. 
and of course, you know, you have the aura of a businessman and you walk into a room of, in, in a good way, but you know, you walk into a room of people who have got an NGO background and they will have a very different aura and there's a different yeah. culture surrounding them. Yeah. So clearly there is a kind of, if you like a, a bit of a culture yeah. clash and that yeah. is, you know, that is obviously part, part of, part of, part of the problem. But having said that, you know, I, I kind of wonder whether one shouldn't take the, the business approach forward because of course, the biggest losers and also the biggest winners in a sustainable future clearly must be businesses. I mean, yeah, you, I know, agree. you know, whatever way you look yeah. at it. So, so in a way, what you could do is you could, you know, you could sort of say, well, let's not go for the NGOs. Let's yeah. go for a global business alliance. We're working on that, uh, Nico. Yeah, we're working on that. Because that, to me, seems to be the other way to go. And also, yeah. they will understand the competition issues because, yes, of course, sure. they are directly impacted by them. So it seems to me that it, it, they are your natural constituency uh, to, to take this forward. And then, of course, there's places like the WT, the World Trade Organization and, um, and, and others who have a kind of a representative role to play in the international regulation of business as well. So again, maybe there might be interest there too. Mm -hmm. um, so I think maybe developing that kind of road might be more. Yeah, uh, well, more... We, we're doing, we're, we're trying to do that. And, and, you know, also particularly with B Corp, the B Corporation with, uh, <clears throat> um, or is it the Business Council for just Sustainable Development? You know, we're, 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 we're talking uh, to all of these people. Um, so, yeah, I hope that business will will see the sense in it because, as you say, you know, most business people they want to be in business for the next fifty years, not not just for the next five. And and the way things are going, you know, <laughs> that time frame is getting shorter and shorter. So um, yeah, so it's 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 um, yeah, there are challenges, as you say. Yeah. And the, the, the other thing that I, this is just sort of crossing my mind in terms of making, making it, if you like, more tangible, moving from concept to something that is approaching to be something like a service or a product um, that, that could be offered as a product or service uh, to, to governments um, um, within that context. So that you could actually at some point even put, you know, be proactive about it and sort of say, well, um, we invite you, you know, the, the, whatever the kind of the, Google's and Microsoft's of this world invite, you know, governments to a global conference because we think here's a way we can help you solve these issues. Uh, we do a big conference in Davos or wherever it would be. Um, and, um, I, and at that conference, basically, governments would sign up to a, to, to a trial run on, on a particular issue just to see how, how that works and how they can essentially sort of incorporate, integrate their own administrations and their own uh, bureaucracies in, 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 into that process. Um, and I wonder what kind of, what would that, what would that business, what would that organization look like? Would it be built around a technology platform, like uh, so that if you like a communications platform, would that be the the centerpiece? If you like, if, from a from a facilitation point of view, from the kind of the simple point of view, uh, or would it be built around a conferencing business, or would it be built around a logistics business? What would be the what would this simple organization that facilitates this, what would it be? Would it be a, a services business, a software business, a... Um... <clears throat> well, that's, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I mean, clearly, we will need uh, the assistance of 
of of um, of uh, artificial intelligence and uh, you know other other methodologies for assessing policy you know policy proposals that are that are made because of course you know what would the effect be of the simultaneous implementation of policy X or policy Y <clears throat> and you know there are there are people who and institutions that can, can, can help with that so that that would be one aspect so so you could uh, almost I mean I'm just trying to kind of you know if I would want to kind of somehow specify if you like the company infrastructure so what, what you're talking about here is essentially a highly sophisticated next generation project management environment where people can remotely kind of log in uh, and participate in all kinds of you know like well, we do I, now yeah i mean I, I would say that in a sense simple would be like a you know would have the infrastructure of a transnational political party but it's not a political party because we are using our votes to to drive up the other parties to sign up to it so it, it's a it's a it would have but it would have the very much the structure i think of a transnational political party with chapters in each country uh, and indeed we have we already have websites for the different national simple organizations um <clears throat> but uh, you know beyond that uh, nika we we haven't i haven't really or we haven't really sort of mapped it out in any way because we are really at the earlier stages of trying to get the, the basic concept uh, better understood and and supported and there is still as as we were saying earlier there's a long way to go um before we we get to that point so we haven't really thought a great deal further than that at this stage. So, so when you when when you sign and, and i totally i totally get that of course john i mean it's so easy for me to sit there and you know to, to, to throw these questions at you uh, uh you know I, I totally get that you have to get the basics in place first and that 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 in itself is a lot of work and require and actually quite a lot of complexity as well because as you say you are developing chapters in different countries and there's you know there, there's there's uh there's a lot of work involved in all of that um yeah. but um you know when 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 you think about sort of moving this forward um 10 years ago you probably would have it, it, it the world looked very very differently moving it forward would have been in a way simpler because you wouldn't have been thinking in terms of east and west or you wouldn't have been thinking in terms of the, you know all the kind of i mean with climate change it's very difficult to think about a solution that doesn't include both china and the us for example you know you know uh, the, the 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 two biggest polluters um but of course they are now uh you know they're, they're kind of talking but they're not really kind of in in, in, a, in a very constructive relationship at the moment so uh, how has this have, how have these developments these changes affected simple uh, and its yeah. development yeah, well, it, it, you know, uh, I would say that, um, you know, there's no doubt you're, you're absolutely right in what you say, um, that, that the whole idea of global cooperation in the current environment um, sounds, sounds completely crazy. Um, <clears throat> so I would say that Simpol is, is kind of going into kind of quiet mode, let's say, uh, at the moment. But I think um, that you know the the global problems that that we're designed simple is designed to solve like climate um aren't going to go away and you know sooner or later uh, this the war will end or uh, there or there will be another one in taiwan but uh, you know eventually you know 
it might not be in my lifetime, but sooner or later, humanity as a whole is going to have to deal with these issues. And when it does, they're going to be looking for a really good lifeboat. Um, and so I, I, I think our task uh, in Simple is really to, to keep going, regardless, in a way, of, of the um, shorter term craziness that we're seeing, all of which actually Nico you know you could say you what well, one of the one of the things that <clears throat> just shows how costly non-cooperation is look at what the higher prices we're having to pay for everything now that's the price we pay for not cooperating you know Absolutely. so we can see very clearly the incentive um however from a practical point of view, that isn't going to happen until these other issues, you know, uh, are, are, are resolved. And that may take many, many years. I don't know. But, um, you know, as I say, that the, the kind of problems we're talking about can't, you know, can't be solved without the main players, China, the US. <clears throat> and so something like Simpol is going to be required, uh, it seems to me. Um, but, but I mean, my, my sense is, is that, you know, like at the global level, the, the, the polarization and the, that, that, and, and the split that we have seen between East and West and the, the way countries position themselves along that axis again uh, has meant that there's, you know, a massively reduced kind of cooperation across that axis. But at the same time, uh, what we see is a massively increased need on both sides of the axis. So, so, you know, on the one hand, you know, we're doing less trade or we're doing less kind of, you know, we're cooperating less with China or Russia. But on the other hand, certainly within Europe, there should be an awful lot more cooperation around like a, a unified military strategy, for example, uh, uh, or, yeah. you know, or loads of issues you can think of. And of course, that would also include the US. And so, you, you know, in a way, what you could, and this is my question here, is, is to what extent do you have to keep that global perspective alive or would it or could you also sort of say well okay for now we're using it to, to essentially unite that one half of the world and, and you yeah. know and because it would be just so impossible to bring it all back together at this point yeah i mean i um i understand that that was that did cross my cross across our minds um you know when when the war first started and so forth but i, I don't really think that's what simpol is about it's not really about uh, partial cooperation. You know, it's about the time when, you know, you know it's about climate change. It's about uh, nuclear weapons proliferation. It's about global pandemics. It's about these inescapable global uh, issues that no nation alone can deal with. And so we, we are holding that flame, if you like, for those, you know, for that, that more global uh, inclusion, which, is incredibly remote and you know I, I ask myself every day why we bother to continue Nico but I do I mean, think I, 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 know, I do think simple has got these unique features that we discussed in the beginning which I, I haven't seen any you know believe me if, if, if some other um, proposal or, or, or thing came along that looked looked more promising I, I'd drop simple tomorrow because it's it's a lot of work and and not much return for it um, but I haven't seen anything that makes makes more sense uh, and that includes democratic nations, non-democratic nations can in, involve the citizen electoral pressure, 
and so and the multi-issue um, uh, uh, framework. And so we just keep going. We just keep so, going. So, so, so this is really interesting because on the one hand, um, you're, you're presenting this as almost as a sort of a an apolitical, a, a really you know something that is it's it, it's a tool. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, uh, you you are a globalist, and, and 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 I can hear I can hear from the way you're talking that it's quite dear to you, quite close to your heart. So this you is. Know, oh, can I sorry, Nico, Can I say we're not globalist? I would say we're internationalist. Or, or internationalist, yes. Globalist tends to be a quite a, a loaded term. Um, we, we we are about making individual nation states stronger through cooperation not about tearing down borders or you know all of that stuff you know no my point is my point why i use the, the, the term globalist is because and i'm happy to use internationalist instead but the the, the the reason why i use that term is because i sense you're very inclusive so yeah. you said it, it's about not just the democratic nation, it's about all nations. It's yes. not just about the yes. West, it's about the West and the East. It's not just the Northern Hemisphere, it's also about the Global South. And, and so I yeah. sense there is a sort of a, a, a sort of a, 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 yeah, I can't, I mean, you know, for the lack of a better yeah, word, a yeah, sort of yeah. a global, no, global vision, yeah. Uh, yeah, which no, transcends you, national yeah. interest, but of course, without negating national interest. And I think that's exactly. what you Exactly, because, because this is the point, and, and this is the other another unique aspect of Simpol is that it doesn't, you know, is, is people will say, well, you know, what policies could be included in Simpol and what, what wouldn't be included? And so we have a very clear test for any proposal. And, and that test is, would the unilateral implementation of the policy by a single nation or a, or a restricted group of nations such as the European Union, for example, would it be likely to cause that nation or group a significant competitive disadvantage, yes or no? So if the answer is no, it wouldn't, then it's a unilateral policy. It wouldn't have anything to do with Simpol. It doesn't qualify for inclusion. So in that sense, the national interest is fully protected. If on the other hand, the answer is yes, it would cause a competitive disadvantage, then it qualifies for inclusion in Simpol, and then, you know, it is in the national interest to cooperate to implement it, right? So it's a win-win. And, it, you know, so you're protecting national sovereignty where it's appropriate, and you're enhancing it for those issues where currently nations can't act because of the competition problem. I mean, it occurs to me, because it's so commonsensical, that what sort of stands between, between simple and its implementation is just a huge wall of complexity. I mean, if we would have a, a kind of a bot, like some kind of device, uh, you know, like this, you know, this kind of AI kind of bot, uh, and we could let's just sort of say, well, here's a problem, here are the world's countries, um, tell us, is this a simple proposition? And the bot would say, yes, it is because of X, Y, Z, you know, indisputable. Uh, at that point, you would have a business case, wouldn't you? Uh, but of course, to do the kind of the number crunching and to do the analysis is such a massive undertaking and so difficult. And of course, information to come by is so hard to come by uh, that in a way that, that's a kind of hurdle, isn't it? It's like, it's, you know, there's all this, but ifs and the yeah. ifs and buts and- there, there is, there is, but I would say two things. One, I think that we, <clears throat> we do have the ingenuity and the technology 
to solve these issues if we put our mind to it. And the other thing, Nico, I would say is when the water really gets up to here, you'd be really surprised what we can do. You know, uh, the problem is, I think that as you were saying, these 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 issues are still not perceived as being sort of, you know, the water is still round by our ankles. People are aware of it. It's not up to our necks yet. Certainly not for those of us in the West. So, well, you see, you see, this this is this, yeah. this bit of your logic. I'm not entirely sure whether I, I, I agree with that. My my experience or my sort of census is that um, when the going gets tough, people withdraw into their shells. And then this is exactly what we're seeing at the moment. So really the best time to implement simple isn't when the water is up to our necks, but the best time to implement simple would be when we basically all lie on the beach. Uh, because at that point we, we feel safe, you know, yeah. we feel comfortable. Um, and yeah. I think there, there is a problem there because of course we need it most when the water is right up here. Yeah. But that's also what we're most hesitant to actually kind of to, to give it a go. Yeah, I know, Nico, I, I completely agree with you, of course. But, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. I suppose I suppose if, when I look myself in the mirror and I ask myself, John, when did you really ever take responsibility and grow up? <laughs> well, it was, only, it was only when there was some kind of crisis. And I, and I think, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, you know, although, yes, of course, we should act sooner uh, before things get to a crisis point. You know, unfortunately, the human, the human condition is, is not that sensible. It, it's a really <laughs> complex and there's no, and as I said, I'm, you know, you know, there's no, what, what I find really uh, incredible is is that there's a bunch of people you know working with you on this um without presumably without receiving payment without um you know without being offered whatever you know status or you know you know ministerial machines no they do this simply uh for the love of it and because they believe in it and uh, and you yourself you have you've been we're now in the year 2023 and you launched this in 2023 years on and you're still going and i think it's it's that kind of steadfastness really um that is needed with some of these most challenging and most complex i mean you know if it was an easy problem to solve it would have long been solved wouldn't it i mean that's exactly you know um and we're probably in this conversation just scratch the surface of complexity i mean like you know with every layer that we take off there's going to be another set of problems uh that, that are going to be you know impenetrable so but of course you have to go on with it and you have to develop it um now let me ask you this um can you foresee a point at all when you would say that's it. I mean, you know, I've tried everything. We're kind of making fools of ourselves. Actually, you know, it's 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 yeah. kind of become a joke. Um, let's stop it. Um, can you yeah. foresee a point? Have you any? Have you got a mental sort of sort of a, a thing in your mind where you say, well, if you reach that point, then that's it. Or are you not well, allowing yourself to go there? Well, certainly, and I, I wish I wish it would happen tomorrow. Is that some other institution would somehow manage to to solve this problem? Um, but um, <clears throat> it doesn't look like it. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I'll just keep going as long as I can, Nico. Really, and and I'm sure that my colleagues will will go on as long as they feel they can. But you know, um, it's. We, I, I don't know. I think I think it's important to keep the model alive because, I, as I as I said, it, it's it's it has sort of unique properties. As you say, it's it's shown 
you know, that the number of MPs that we've actually got is considering the low, relatively low number of support we have around the world is actually quite successful. And I think that that's an indication of the, the power of the idea. Um, so um, now let me just I just had you know, this we, idea. We just keep going. We just keep going, basically. Let me let me just put this proposal to you. What if to your list of MPs and the uh, the methodology you have developed for essentially uh, recruiting them, because obviously they have to sign up to your pledge and they have to sign up to a process. So they're not just getting something for free. They actually have to give something in return. So how if you would develop a, if you like, equivalent stream for chief execs, for business leaders? Yeah, we, 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 this is something that we're trying to develop right now. Uh, uh, Nico, we, you know, we want to engage with the business community um, to, to have a similar uh, thing. You know, you could imagine that, that companies could just, you know, could declare their support for Simple and just carry the, the you know, we support Simple logo. Um, we would love, we would be very happy to have that kind of endorsement from business. Uh, we don't accept any uh, funding from corporate from corporations, because obviously we have to remain politically independent, but they could certainly support the, the process and the idea and, you know, use it to uh, promote the idea through their supply chains and, and so forth. But if you just, I mean, this, I, I'm just, I'm just sort of throwing out ideas. So I have, and they're, they're not really digested, but say, for example, um, you would run with this idea of 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 of, of the, the, you know, the 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 carbon uh, sort of reduction kind of idea. You would say you would kind of you know like ah oh, to there's some kind of global tax. Say for example a, a token like a transactions tax or, or or even a digital tax or whatever. You know there's different kind of global taxes and can think of. Um, and you sort of basically put this into a kind of a package, and then you kind of go to the business community and say, don't give us money. But if this goes ahead, you're going to basically be one of the key sponsors in the same way as people sponsor the, the COP, the, you know, the conference of uh, parties, the like COP27 now. <laughs> You've got, um, you know, and so uh, this would send a very strong signal that, say, for instance, you know, whatever, Microsoft, you know, commits like 5 million, 10 million, 20 million um, if this deal, if a deal in this area is struck. Um, and uh, and you build up the pressure that way. So that adds extra pressure, of course, to politicians because now they even have the money to do it. Um, and um, it basically gives you a massive endorsement because it means that somebody actually looked at what you're putting forward, like somebody in the business community and doesn't think of it as detrimental to a business interest. Um, and, and it also means that, you know, the electorate, the people voting for business, also now basically might become customers of, of, of those businesses because you, you get them in two ways. So to yeah. me, that seems yeah. to be... Yeah, yeah. I mean, we certainly, we, 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 we would be open to exploring any ways that we can involve uh, and, and get the support of business, providing that any financial support is, is, um, <clears throat> does not uh, compromise our political independence. Because I think it's incredibly important that we remain uh, above that and seem to be above that, because otherwise you 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 then just become like a political party, you know. And that then no, no. But of course, the idea the would it, be you know? that the idea would be that that funding would be available to the people to do the deal. 
So, yeah. so yeah. You, you, you know, you would literally. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, if it if it, if it was something like that, yeah, that that's certainly something that that could be uh, could could be part of it and would certainly help. Yeah. And, and of course, until there is a deal, this is on the never never because no money changes hands. It, all it yeah, says is, exactly. well, if there is a deal, then we will be supporting that deal with so many whatever millions yeah. or, or whatever. Yes, I mean, there's all, all sorts of possibilities like that, Nico. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, if this thing, you know, but we've got to get the concept more widely known and, and more widely supported. And, um, you know, uh, if if we can, I think then one could really those kind of ideas could could really start to be um, developed very very quickly and very well. So everything's possible. So so looking ahead, looking ahead for the, say the next twelve months, John. What I mean, um, clearly there's going to be more of the same. You will be you'll continue to knock at politicians' doors. You you know I mean. From what I understand, your main platform tends to be elections, isn't that right? Because it's at that point where politicians like to be endorsed or like to see the yeah. seek endorsement, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Elections are are the the most active time for us. Yes, for sure. Uh, and um, sort of looking ahead the next twelve months, is there any kind of election in your like on your radar where you think that this would be a good election to kind of to to recruit more politicians? Uh, well, I think there's one in Luxembourg. Um, <laughs> I don't think we'll get one in the UK until 2024. So um, not too many this 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 year, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, we'll certainly have a crack in in Luxembourg and see what we can do there. Are you um, only pitching it at the national level for national politicians? Yeah. <laughs> yes, because I mean, any politician could sign up if they want. But but really, it's national politicians that are that have the responsibility for international treaties and uh, international relations. So that it's that level that we're really focused on, not, not on the local level. Uh, I mean, on the one end of the spectrum, there's countries like Luxembourg, and on the other end of the scale, there's countries like the US. Um, when it comes to countries like the US, or specifically the US, um, are you making any inroads there, or is this is this kind of like a country that you haven't cracked yet? Um, we, we, we're struggling to to get a any foothold really in the US because it's such a big country. It's very difficult to communicate with politicians if you're not a, a constituent. You know, if you're not a, a citizen in their um, uh, district. Um, so yeah, we're, we're struggling in the US, but you know, in Europe we're doing well. So we, it's really a question of getting it going in one part of the world. Other people then start to see it. Oh, you know, then, you know, and then things can start spreading. So I think the the key the key thing is really to make sure that we we make an impact somewhere, um, and then hopefully the the word will spread. Um, what about the southern hemisphere? Um, are you at all interested in kind of signing up politicians in places like Kenya or Nigeria or South Africa? Uh, I think we have got one. Or, I think we have got one, one or two in Zimbabwe. Um, I mean, we we would be, but we just haven't got the we haven't got the people on the ground there in those countries um, at the moment. So you know that that's again. 
<clears throat> we're hoping that you know if we can get going in Western Europe, uh, hopefully the the word will spread east and west and south. Um, but it's it's a long process, and you know it's it's. Um, uh, I think you know the business community. I agree with you would be perhaps the best for us, um, but it's a shame that the NGO community don't or can't or won't uh, take a closer look because you know if, uh, when you're as old as I am and you 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 you've seen you know the the protests against the WTO back in the the 80s and 90s and so forth. You know, they, the, the global justice movement just has really not got anywhere. And that is because it does not have a coherent electoral strategy that is suited for a globalized or, or for transnational type problems. Um, and Simpol would be a perfect gift for them. But <laughs> as you say, there's a culture, there's a culture gap there. Have you ever tried to somehow cozy up uh, to, to the UN itself? Did you ever have any contact with the UN? Uh, not directly, no. <clears throat> um, we would, again, we would like to, um, Nico, but we, don't, we just haven't been able to find the contacts, unfortunately, so far. So, yeah, you know, we, we need more exposure. We need more people to talk about it. We need more people who do have those contacts to uh, to tell people about what we're doing. Um, so we're trying everything we can, of course. Of course, if if people want to get if if viewers or listeners want to get involved with Simpol, uh, hearing our conversation and say, "Well, that's actually interesting. I want to get involved." How would they? How would they get in touch? What would they do? Would they contact you through would the website, to, or yeah, they go. They can go to our website, simpol.org, um, and uh, there's email addresses there and contact details for all the for me and also for all our national coordinators. Um, so yeah, they should go through the website, and uh, we'll be happy to hear from them. What what kind of um... <laughs> I mean, with a lot of kind of projects of that kind of global scale, a lot of people say, well, what, what can I contribute? I mean, what, what can I do? Um, and, and of course, that stops a lot of people from getting involved, even though they might be really useful and could help a great deal, but they just don't see what they could be doing. Yeah. Well, the, the, what do well, your members first, do? I mean, what kind of profile yeah. are you looking for? Well, the first thing they can do is that they can actually sign up. And we have had one or two occasions when just one person signing, which we then forward to their local, you know, their polit their member of parliament, and the member of parliament has signed up just on the basis of one of their um, constituents supporting the campaign. So, you know, even just your signature joining the campaign can, can have an effect. But then, you know, there's all this sort of campaigning work. If you want to get more involved, there's, uh, you know, we want to get local groups going, um, where people in their local area get together to put pressure on their member of parliament to sign up. Excuse me. Uh, and then there's all sorts of other work that we need to do in terms of outreach, in terms of marketing and campaigning and, and uh, social media and so forth. So, and presumably, 
uh, presumably in, e in each kind of sort of like national chapter or each sort of group that that sort of exists um there will be at least one person that they can go to and can seek advice maybe yeah. even get some mentoring or get some you yes, know exactly. some help yeah exactly and i mean in some countries we we don't have anybody so if there's somebody who wants to to make a start we'll obviously give them the support and you know they can join the crew uh, this merry merry band of simple nutcases who are continuing this uh, <laughs> this project so um yeah it's it's uh it's everything there to play for excellent excellent um uh, john um at the very end and one one more thing I, i'm thinking to i'm going to go through the, the 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 reboot kind of methodology what we have done how we're going to take it forward um and one thing that well two things that i uh, hope to do one is, is we're going to carry on with the regular reboot dialogue so our next reboot dialogue would essentially be in roughly about 12 months time and we catch up and see how simple has developed uh, during that time another thing i want to do is is to see with different reboot partners um whether we can organize reboot specials and this is for example in our case that could mean to do like a, a reboot special around you know intergovernmental cooperation and ai international uh, uh, artificial intelligence uh, um, there's other kind of reboots best that we're thinking about, but they would be one-offs just focusing on a specific issue. And, and so alongside the, you know, once a year dialogues, the idea is to have like maybe dotted throughout a couple of reboot specials. Um, and the third thing that is sort of emerging now is what I'd like to do is some kind of a reboot publication along the lines of, you know, you know, recreating the world or, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, rethinking the world and to bring together a number of sort of path breaking, transitional, transformational um, initiatives like Simple, but there's a whole bunch of people that do reboot dialogues where I think that it would be really interesting to bring them together in a in, in a book. Um, would you would you be potentially be interested in contributing to such a publication? Yeah, of course, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, be happy uh, to. Yeah. I mean, that would then come in the form of like like a paper or an essay or whatever, instead of to basically to 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 tell the re, uh, the, the 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 simple story and, and and so on and so forth. And of course, what we would try to do is to sort of select um, you know projects, initiatives, campaigns that somehow also cross fertilize. So you can see that if they all go forward, that they have a, a sort of a synergetic uh, um, impact uh, as well. Um, yeah. so, so that's, you know, that that's also um, hopefully in the second half of this year, like I'll be sort of beginning to collect proposals uh, over the next couple of months. And hopefully in the second half of this year, we can sort of start to pull this together into a publication and maybe publish it early in 2024. I mean, that's roughly the kind of uh, the, the, the time frame I'm uh, sort of looking at at the moment. Yeah, I, I'll, uh, you know, it depends on my my time availability at the time, but sure, I'd be interested to to help and contribute if if I possibly can, yeah, good idea. Excellent. John, thank you very, very much for uh, being being my guest today again. Um, well, thank you. I, I know thank my you. questions aren't, aren't you know, it's, it, what can you say? It's it's just, it's a struggle. Um, and, and I know you're doing your best and I, I'm a great fan of yours. Uh, you can be assured of that. Um, you know, it, it, it takes a very special person to do what you're doing and, and thank you for staying the course. Um, well, so- Thank um, you, Nico. I mean, I think it also, you know, I, I, it's it's great to have people like you who are who are you know connecting people who are putting these this kind of uh, these projects out there 
because if people don't hear about it, you can't sell if you don't tell and you're telling. So that's that's great. Thank you. John, thank you very much. Um, so we'll catch up behind the camera, as it were, over the next couple of weeks uh, through email and, and so on and so forth. And um, hopefully do a reboot special at some point during the year as well. And then hopefully a publication in the latter part of this year. Excellent. Look forward to it. John, thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.